Third time's a charm. Let's go. <laughs> I've already drank all my tea. I, I know you like already drank all your freaking anyway. tea. I've drank half my tea. Uh, this is our third attempt at recording this episode because- Is it going to be the same no, 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 no. We're going oh. a completely different route. But okay. I will tell people, we were talking about all of this social media stuff that happened. Don't uh, get too far into it. I'm not going to get too far into it. But basically, the direction we were going, we were just talking about- all How of it the, feels to be misunderstood. And the hoopla that got all stirred up on social media, on Instagram, from our last two reels, <laughs> from our faith journey clips. I would just say this. If you are interested in reading some very funny, entertaining, uh, hateful, and bitter comments from some very uh, close-minded people, go read the comment section in our last two reels, or reels about faith. Um, but we're going to go a completely different direction. And I want to talk like we're going to get vulnerable here. You haven't oh, even. Oh, man. You I, haven't, don't mean, I don't even know what you're going to say. Yeah, you don't know what I'm going to say. So the other day I had a therapy session. Actually, this would have been two weeks ago um, or two Mondays ago. And you were like, hey, how was therapy? And I was like, it was really good. I, and you were like, oh, really? Like, what? what did you talk about? And I was like, I want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it now because... I think it's going to be a really in-depth conversation and I want to have a, a big conversation about it. I don't remember that. I just remember you saying, I don't want to talk about it. No. And then I said, well, <laughs> then what I said is we'll be in a car on the road trip later this week. I'll talk to you about it on the road trip. Okay. And then we didn't, didn't talk, that. we didn't talk about it at all. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so I want, I kind of want to talk about it now, but I want to talk about narratives that exist in our head. And in Ooh, our brain. that's a, Good one. Yeah, yeah. I want to talk about narratives that exist in our brain, kind of these default messages that we hear, uh, kind of yeah. internal dialogues that really shape the way that we see the world, how we hear from other people, like what we hear from them based off of the narratives that I exist that exist. Um, and I didn't have a name to what my narrative was up until this last uh, therapy session. Um, and shout out to my therapist, Caleb. He's amazing. He's the best. Um, if you're listening, Caleb, you sneaky, sneaky guy. I don't think you're listening, but if you are, hi. Uh, I really like Caleb. I really like my therapist a lot. I feel like if he wasn't my therapist, we'd be best friends. I could see that. I've told you that before too. Yep. Anyways, I really like him a lot. Uh, you also are in therapy. Yes. And I want to talk about these two things. I'm going to name mine. Okay. And then I want you to take a stab at naming whatever. Let's see. Like, I don't know if you can pinpoint it, if you already know exactly what, what I, your what default if, narrative is. What if I name what I believe your default narrative is and you try to name what you believe my default narrative is? Yeah, but you saw my the top of the title of my note. Oh, I wouldn't have put that one. Okay. So we're going to. Okay. So this is good then. Is that? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So. Don't look at the note that I, I completely forgot that until you brought that up, and I would have never correlated okay. what I read and what you just. So to what? Okay, perfect. <laughs> but, well, then, good, 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 yeah. good. So, what do you think my default narrative is? I think that yours is that you're the one to blame. That okay. something is your fault, or like you have this sense of responsibility, um, and yeah. Something along that those lines, like okay, that is those things. We and we have talked about that. Yes, that is the default narrative in my brain. Is that um, things are always my fault? If something goes wrong, it's my fault. 
uh, if something goes wrong, it's because I didn't do anything to stop it. Uh, yeah. I didn't, I couldn't stop it. Or, you know, if the energy is bad in our house, it's my fault. Just like ev- everything. Like I just, I, I filter everything through. It's my fault. Um, especially in our marriage. So I'm right. I, I got one, right? Uh, that's not, not like the main not narrative. Quite. So that's what I would have said, but I didn't have the one word to describe that. Or like where it was coming from. Yeah. So, you know, like some people might be like, oh, the narrative that I have in my life is a uh, regret. Mm-hmm. You know, that like I don't have the I didn't have the one word to describe what that was. Now I have that word. Okay. But that's how I would have described it. There's this narrative that exists in my life to where everything is my fault. I am the source of all the problems. Okay. Yeah. Should I take a stab at yours? Yeah. Am I going to piss you off? I don't think so. Not if it's true. If it's not true, then it shouldn't bother me because it's not true. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, <laughs> I don't know that I have a description, but I, I think that... Um, I'm so curious. It's real, man. How there's, would you there's put two routes. There's two, okay. There's two ways or that may- I, that I want to go with this. Um, I think the narrative in your mind is that um, it's never good enough. Yes. And by that, I would mean my actions are never enough. They're never good enough. Like I never spend enough time with the kids. I never have our house clean enough. I never yeah. well, uh, and I think am successful it, enough. It's you know, definitely like it's, center, like, or revolves around me, I guess. Like I don't feel like I'm, I'm enough. So it's like, it doesn't matter yeah. what I do or any, every. I guess like every area, area yeah. it's not enough. Do you, so the other th- word, like the word that I would have used is, cause I also feel like you have this guilt narrative, like in your life, I feel like you, you guilt trap, like you kind of blame yourself for a lot of things too. And like, it's different for me because it's not that I blame myself. It's like, I feel like everyone else blames me. And those are two different things. Yeah. And the reason that I would say that is because I, I know that like, you know, especially like with our kids, I feel like they, you blame yourself for a lot of things that happen. Like, oh, it's my fault that, you know, they're unhappy with their life or, or with this or with that. So yeah. blame well, would have been I, one guilt, yeah. um, perfection, like those perfectionism been, is like a been big, some big ones. Yeah. How, how do you feel like, like, have you always felt like, can you remember a time where these narratives didn't exist in your life? Or have they pretty much been here since, like, childhood or yeah, early I think teenage, childhood. teenage? Like, I, I can remember being as young as, like, five or six years old. Really? Yeah. And what, what okay, what did that narrative sound like at five or six? Um, it's pretty young. It is, but it's, like, you, you know, like, I think a little bit was kind of what was modeled, but then also, you know, appearance was a big thing growing up in my house. Yeah. And I remember You've being young and like really that narrative began, began there. Like I remember being a kid and, you know, kind of quirky little weird kid. Kids have like, <laughs> all kids are quirky and weird. Like <laughs> the, the really They're young like, ones. I know. Like, and so I would put on an outfit that was obviously not coordinated well, or just like did not belong together. or looked like, some sort of character and my and they were mom like, what are you blind yeah basically no way no well my mom would be like 
you look like nobody loves you like go in the room and change and then like my little five-year-old brain is like wait what like oh, i'm unlovable man. if i look like this oh and shit. so like it created a lot of like appearance and perfectionism issues like and you know like i'm not enough to be lovable and when really wow. like my mom that's not what my mom is what your mom was saying your mom was saying is like hey, hey i love you like well she wasn't saying that she was just saying like hey i don't like your outfit or well like she was really getting at i think the fact that it's like you know appearance mattered to her too obviously because it was like you i you do live in a home that right. you're well cared for that you 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 are loved so right. look like it look like someone takes care of you you know and so oh, it's like man, that's really interesting it's, it's like a comment that obviously it it wasn't supposed to mean Dude, you any know what? harm but it was something that as young as a five-year-old like i feel like there's been a a constant theme like i wonder if this is tied to like with you like sometimes i feel like in our working relationship like very early on like i was very uh i wouldn't say harsh with my words my words just had no filter i gave you the a very unfiltered version of my thoughts like hey don't shoot that that way or hey uh that i that doesn't look good or hey that you know like whatever you would yeah you would and and or or like you take your and so then Wait, that really doesn't matter to this other than just signifying I was kind of a dick. Here's here's the direction I was going to go. Like when you would share ideas and if your idea got like if I was like, well, actually, I what about this? Like I feel like yeah. you would take it really personally yeah. with your idea. And I wonder and I kind of have always had this thought, at least in therapy, like when talking to Caleb about this is like, I feel like. I'm not like I don't want Larry to think I'm rejecting her. It's just like I'm not crazy about her idea. Like I just. To me, it's not that serious. It's just an idea. When it sounds like from an early age, you associated other things with your worth and like almost like seemingly you, like your mom wasn't saying, hey, I don't love you because of your outfit. She was just saying she didn't like your outfit. And you, but you internalized that as like, oh, no one loves me because of this outfit. So like maybe internalizing all these other things because of that. Yeah, something like that. I mean, I definitely do think all the things we experience um, when we're kids or whatever, like our experiences that we have, like they definitely shape us and our ways of thinking. And so, yeah, I think that it has trickled into like all different things, like how, you know, different instances could bring me back to that core belief, that narrative, right? That's why it's a narrative. Right. Yeah. Like, you know, you things happen and it makes you still I like to think of it like as um like this program like I like to think in terms of like our brain is a computer and it runs certain programs and like there's like certain things sometimes like you can write code that it's like if this happens then do this and I feel like with narratives what ends up happening is like let's say something happens to you so in this instance let's say um let me let me pick on me uh let's let's use the Sam's incident that happened with the hot Cheetos and stuff like that. Long story short, oh, yeah. there was an instance, because I actually use this in therapy. There was an instance where we went to Sam's and Sterling wanted hot fries. And uh, we were picking out chips for the week and so, or for the month, really. It was like, hey, we're going to pick a, 50, a box of 52 chips like for you guys to have for two to three weeks, hopefully three, yeah, not just two, theory. but like, <laughs> and they wanted to choose, they had already chosen one and then they found like the hot, the hot fries. It was all hot fries. 
Yeah, because they wanted spicy chips. They wanted spicy chips. And so, but they ended up going with like a different one prior to that. And then they changed their mind. They said, we want this one. In my mind, I go, Sterling, like, I don't think that's a good idea. I think you guys are going to get tired of 52 chips or 52 bags of hot fries. He said he wasn't. And then I said, no, I really don't think that's a good idea. I think we should do this one. And so then I picked the flavorful one with like five different options. Yeah. Well, then we start walking. Sterling's really frustrated. Rightfully so. He doesn't understand. I like followed the criteria. I chose the right price point. It was the right amount of chips. Like, why can't we just get this one? We're both in agreement. You are the only one not in agreement. And to me, I'm like, this well, just doesn't make sense logically. That was like what I verbalized. Was That's going, you, probably yes. going on through Sterling's mind. <laughs> yes. So we, Sterling, I see that he's upset. And so then I take this personally and I'm like, this kid is mad. This kid's he's frustrated. Like, doesn't he know? Like, we're just trying to give him a good life. Like, we're yeah. just trying to buy him all the nice things. Like, I didn't have these things growing up. And then, and then I go up to him and I'm like, you know, I'm like, what's wrong? And he's like, expresses why he's mad. He's like, what wants the 50 chips, the 52 bags of hot fries. And then at this point, I'm kind of like in this fight or flight mode to where I'm like, well, then you just won't get any chips. Like if you can't be grateful for what you have, you're not going to get Yeah, it. you do. That's interesting. I feel like you get really like bothered by any action that stirs up ungratefulness. Yeah. Like I, that is some sort of. Well, there is also, narr- you know, like, we want to talk oh. about multiple narratives. Like I have this narrative in my mind about like being a provider. Like, like there is a big one about like, I that it's kind of linked to this, like to like this, I feel like everything's my fault. Like I feel like I have this underlying thought process that like I, in order to solve potential future problems, like I need to make sure my family's well provided for. I need to make sure that they have everything they need because then if they don't, then that's my fault. So I feel like I carry a lot of the weight of that mentally. Like I put those thoughts in my mind. And so Mm -hmm. anytime our kids get like, they start freaking out because they can't get a toy. It's like, guys, we just bought you X, Y, Z. Like we just did this and this, like it's never enough. And that's what it always feels like. And so I do get really bothered by when our kids are like asking for things and stuff like that. And it's like, guys, we we're trying our best here. Like we're trying to get everything in this instance. It's not relevant, but long story short with this, I ended up coming back. Like we ended up stepping aside and having a conversation. Yeah, because I was not cool with it. You I were not like, happy how it went. So then I, I took. Did not, the, yeah, you were not like, happy with the way that things went down. <laughs> so I was like, "Whoa, wait up!" And so we then we're we're discussing it, and then we like step aside. I'm like, "Hey, let's step aside. Let's have a conversation about this. Let's not leave it this way." So then I explain to you what I'm feeling and why I'm frustrated with me. You explain your viewpoint, and you try to verbalize what Sterling explained to you. I hear it at that point, and I go, "Okay." You're right. I go back. I apologize to Sterling. They get their 52 chips. Fast forward a week later, we're having breakfast. At breakfast, I bring up the fact that I thought that I hand, like, we were just kind of talking about, like, how, hey, how are you doing mentally? And I casually brought up, like, you know, I know that conversation, like, what happened at Sam's wasn't, like, ideal. Like, it, it sucked that it happened. But, like, I'm pretty, I was, like, pretty happy and proud of, like, how we finished it. And you had made a comment about like, you had kind of like made a face like, well, like it wasn't really, and you, and you didn't say that, but you, you made a comment and I can't remember exactly what you said, but it was kind of like something along the lines of like, I don't know. I wasn't really happy with how that played out. And then in my mind, all I heard was you're a failure. 
you tried to do it right. You never do anything right. Even when you came back around and you circled back around and finished strong, doesn't matter because you still started it in the first place. That's all I heard in like 0.2 seconds. That's crazy. I don't even remember that conversation. That was at the Delano Diner when we had breakfast. I literally do not remember this. Girl, you crazy. No, I'm serious. Yeah, this all happened. Well, you also don't have the best memory. (laughs) So we'll just throw that out there too. Like, it's not that I'm making this up. This definitely happened. So then I shut down. We get in the car and you are like, what's wrong? I feel like you're right. And then I'm like, at this point, I've shut down. I don't want to talk about it. I feel numb. Like I, you know, it's just, it's not a good feeling. By that point, like, the narrative that exists in my mind is like, I am the source of all my family's problems. Like I'm the reason why like everything is going wrong or why no one's happy. I actually take our family's emotions onto me, especially with like, you know, when comments are made about like, oh, you know, dad, you control whether or or not like you, how have you put it? I can't remember how you phrased it. You phrased like, I just have a big personality. Yeah, like you have, you know, I think, you just have the energy or the ability to shift the atmosphere in our household. For because, the better or worse. Yeah. And our kid, I mean, it's like I can tell the kids to do something and it just doesn't hit the same when you do. Like the kids right. are way more likely to do whatever you ask or whatever, like whatever that is. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Because I mean, so you take all of that and it's just, I just have this underlying thought process that everything is my fault. Um, And so anyways, this is what I went in to talk to my therapist about was this last week. And I went in guns blazing. And so I explained that whole thing. And you know, like you can pinpoint your trauma that you have, like where a lot of your narratives have come from. And you go back to childhood. I feel like you, like we just talked about that. Like you think back to your childhood first instance when your mom said that. Yeah. I mean, I... It's sometimes it's easier to think of like the most recent event, but also like it takes some time to be able to dig deep to the first ex- experience right. of that. That and was so an early experience though, yeah. right? Yeah. Okay. So I could never do that with what I feel, like this feeling like everything's my fault. I really can't trace that back to my childhood. And I've really tried, like I've, I've dug deep, I've tried to think deep. But I cannot figure out. Remember, we got like on this conversation about this to. that, like, how I, and and now, like, I think about it. I think it's more of a recent kind of trauma. And you even brought this up the other day. You were like, "I feel like when we first got married, you were like this." How did you phrase it? Like this happy, carefree, like yeah. person, like version of yourself. And now, I'm kind of, I, I'm not that way. Yeah, like. Very carefree, very... Well, I just feel like you were a more gentle version of yourself, too. It's like true. Softer, like you... um, Less angry, I think. Right. Um, yeah, just a softer version of you. And it's interesting because, like, when I think about, you know, our experiences and what shaped me, like... There has been a lot that's happened in our life and in our marriage that has like shaped me and, you know, some of it for the positive and some of it, honestly, from the negative. But, you know, like what we were able to pinpoint in my therapy sessions is that like this narrative kind of started like when we got together, like 
when we started dating and not really from you, but from a family member of yours who, I mean, it's like, these are facts. I'm not trying to shit on anyone, but like me and your mom have had several, several instances where we have clashed and butted heads and there have been some exchanging of words and there have been words that have been said that really cut me pretty deep and that really shaped I think, and started a new narrative of like all of the things that have happened, you know, are your fault. Interesting. Now, like a lot of this has to do with like your health, you know? And like, I think I want to say before I go any further, it's just wild. Like when you think about it too, cause it's like, if I don't want to say that my mom's the one to blame, but it's like, you know, I know that she's shaped me like some of my experiences and has given me the narratives. And then it's just kind of odd that she's the one who really contributed to a lot of yours as well. So yeah, it's like, I feel you, you know? Yeah. I also want to say like, before I go any further, I love your mom. Yeah, I do. Me too. I think your mom loves hard. She does. I think your mom is a lot like me in the sense that, she wants her family to be safe and their safety and well-being is like an utmost priority to her. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe that your mom, for the most part, most times, has the right intentions. Yeah, I do um, too. I think she I also know your mom has had one hell of a life with lots of hard things that she's gone through that also shaped the way that yeah. she responds to the world. That's why it's it's so like once you I don't want to say have a level of emotional maturity where you can even be like, okay, even if things didn't go right, like growing up, like I can acknowledge like my mom has also been through shit and she is the way that she is because of the way that she was raised. You know, it's like this cycle, you know, it's like everyone's on this like Yeah, it's like I almost have this like empathy towards her because I'm like, it's, it's okay, like, or not necessarily okay, but it's like, or even having kids like now and like, this is my first time being a parent, just like when she was raising me, it was her first yeah. time being a parent. And so and you don't I guarantee do you, the right thing. We're going to do some things that unintentionally fuck up our kids mentally. Literally. And it's we like my try biggest to, fear. <laughs> we try to be aware. Excuse me. We try to be aware of them, but like, I think that's why it's I'm hard. kind of like an asshole to you sometimes because like, I can see how impactful words are and how you say them. And it's not just about what you say. It's what these little minds believe that you're communicating. Right. And that's the thing that, because I experienced that as a kid, like I'm super sensitive to that. Yeah. I mean, there are instances where like something will happen and I'll like start to like get onto the kids and maybe my tone, you know, is in just a not great space or, um, I don't feel like I'm yelling as much as I once did. But like, I mean, I can definitely still catch a tone. Um, yeah. And so uh, you do come to their aid and it's almost like you step right in front of them and then you and me go at it because of, <laughs> yeah, of like, what something's going on. Get out of here. Yeah. Well, I know. And so, Mama bear, activate it. <laughs> there, was, there, was, there was one instance and please hear me. Like I'm... I'm what? What are you going to... Are you I, about to say something terrible? No, I just like... I'm really just trying to give full context as to how this narrative shaped me but you have had your fair share of health issues in your life oh yeah um your fair share of health issues and like any good mama bear 
your mom has always been right by your side yeah. wanting to defend you. Maybe that's where I get it from. And, and, <laughs> and I, you know, I think in an attempt to cope with a lot of the hard things that she had to witness you go through, um, prior to me and even in our marriage, you know, like, or like, since we've been together with your health issues in particular, mm-hmm. um, I have been the punching bag. You know, I've, I've been the thing that's gotten some of her harshest words and some things that have really created a narrative in me that say you could have stopped this, but you didn't. Yeah. You could have, things are the way they are right now. And it's your fault. You are the reason. And those have been words that were directly said to me that cut at a time where, you know, I was really in a not great space because I'm worried about my wife and her health. And like, is my wife going to live? Is she going to die? Like what's going on? And it's like like, kicking you while you're already down. Yeah. And so those (laughs) things just like, and that is also a part of something that has changed about me too. You know, it's like, now I have a wife, now I have children. Like the world is a much scarier place when you have three other people or X amount of people that you feel like you're responsible for. And so like, for me, I, it's almost like if we win, it's because of me. If we lose, it's because of me. Like, oh yeah, yes, I provided for us financially. Yes, we can eat. I mean, like, we can do this. You really so are. It's like, I mean, you're the leader of the home. Like, and <laughs> I, I feel like I, I want that to be you. You know? Yeah. Like, no, I and fully, I, and I, and I get like, that. And I, I am gonna be that. Like, I'm gonna be the person that leads our family. But it just like, it's a lot of pressure. There, there should be a way to where basically. I don't have this underlying narrative when things go wrong that it's my fault. Uh, that doesn't mean that things aren't my fault because for sure some things are my fault. Yeah. But I'm at a, I'm definitely at a like, oh, really, dude? Like your brain's pretty messed up if you think that's your fault. Like there's some of those that yeah. I'm like talking well, about. Well, I know. And because there's been times where like if something just terrible happened in my day and I, I'm simply coming to you to talk to you and almost vent about it. And, you know, some people say most men just want to like offer solutions anyway, but like you don't sometimes instead of going solution route, like you will immediately, I think it depends on where you're at. Like if you've already yeah. felt like you've been one to blame, but, and you're more sensitive to that, but you kind of take on this role of like it's your fault, and I was like, no, no, like I'm well, just telling and, I mean, you about my you, day. I can give and, you a, I can give you a perfect scenario, like you know, getting filter free and raw and vulnerable. Like there are instances, and, and the time that this happens the most is I'm like, hey, how are you doing? And you tell me how you're doing, and let's say it's some <laughs> version of like, I'm just really unhappy with my life right now, like so dramatic. But but <laughs> I mean, that's how you feel, and you're like. I'm like and I'm not making these words up. Like the, everything I'm going to say is things that you've spoken oh, to me. Oh like, gosh. I am really unhappy with my life right now. I really just wish I had something I could be passionate about. I miss, you know, working in a spa and like this and that. And like just all these, mm-hmm. all these things. And yeah. so to me, I hear that and I hear I'm unhappy with my life. And the immediate correlation that I go to as the leader in our home. And that sounds so like toxic Christianity. <laughs> I promise it's, I know. it's not like that. The whole yeah. umbrella thing, like it's not that. Um, but I hear that and I go, Lara doesn't have the life that she wants and it's my fault that she doesn't have the life that she wants. And then I immediately feel like, fuck, 
how do I fix this? How do I give her the life that she wants? And so, and you're just telling me, oh yeah, this is just how I'm feeling. And you're not saying that, but that's what I hear. Yeah. It can make conversations difficult, honestly, sometimes. Like if you, we hear two different things, yeah, you know, and like I, so what ends up happening is I'm hearing things that are condemning me, right? Because I feel like it's my, my fault. And then I hear things where it's like, I'm not measuring up. Yeah. Like (laughs) I, yeah. So I could come in and I could be like, I could make some comment about like the house being a mess. Yeah. I'm like, I could be like, I could go, man, our house is trashed right now. And in my mind, I'm going, these fucking kids, these, these little fuckers take their stuff out and they just leave it everywhere. And we just cleaned. And you, what, what do you hear when I say that? When I um, say, man, this house is trashed. Like, I'm kind of thinking like, you should have been cleaning it. Like, why didn't you get this finished? You like, think that I'm saying like, like, that's what you think I'm, I'm like hinting like, Lara, you should have been the one to take care of this. Like, yeah. You should have been the one to clean this. Yeah. And so- there are so many instances that I feel like we have like this. And I don't know that like, I think this is just a part of being human and like experiencing trauma and experiencing hard things like, and having things that shape you and and the narratives that you experience in your mind. But it makes marriage challenging, man. Yeah. And I think it's definitely a, a huge um, part of why, couples can have fights like they're having these like yeah like it's we're having these like inner narratives just like go off in our brain and it's like i'm like wait a second i need to stop and think like okay wait what did you hear actually yeah and i think that's even something that we've talked about said and we there was a short period of time where we practiced that pretty frequently yeah we've kind of felt very odd (laughs) we've kind of gotten away from it but like Truly like getting, um, basically like getting confirmation that what you heard is what was actually said. And yeah. a lot of times it would go something like, well, I heard this. And then you would go, no, no, that's not what I'm saying. I'm <laughs> saying this. And then I'll literally try to put it in a different phrasing yeah. to where I think it's something that you can understand or I don't know. <laughs> How do you think that the narratives that you have had like in your mind like how do how how do they make it hard for you to like enjoy your life yeah i mean it does make it i feel like i'm under this perfect like pressure to perform and that um i mean there's a it's like all the narratives like compound on one another sometimes yeah. too. Like I felt like one that I had was like laziness is like unacceptable. And I think that's also why I just have this huge emphasis on doing and like people love me for what I do and not for who I am. And yeah. I'm constantly striving um, to do things. And so. Um, I definitely think that's the Enneagram three. Yeah, I guess there's a part of that as well. You're an Enneagram three. Yeah. I'm an Enneagram six. Mm -hmm. Six wings, seven. We think you're a three, four. Yeah. There are times where I think you're a four. Because of my uniqueness. Because of your desire to be unique (laughs) and and things like that, but of that nature. But anyways, um, I know we've just talked about like wanting to have better communication and it feels like it's so hard to like undo 
these thought patterns that we have. Yeah. It's hard because like you, you can be aware, like now that you're aware of them, like you'll catch yourself and be like, wait, this, this is silly. Like, well, and you even said like in our episode, um, the hardest year of marriage, you were like, you know, we talked about like my anger and it was like, you know, you wanted to change. Like you had a desire, there was awareness, but like it takes time. Yeah. And I feel like it does like, once you're aware of these things, it does take time. Like, honestly, our next step is going to couples counseling. Like, you know, to continue to work on our communication and and continue doing that. Um, and I have the I have the the girl's number and I have her email. I just need to go shoot her a message and then we just need to go. Yeah. Um, but I think like we kind of had to get to a point to where it's where we had to unearth some stuff on our own. Like Yeah, I definitely think like that, you in therapy and me in therapy. Yeah, separately. that that was essential to us like working on ourselves first individually and unpack some things um before we could do more together do you want to hear what the thought patterns like here's some of my notes that i took about so i, oh, I didn't like share in, the word with you. yeah you didn't so the word so yours would be um what uh, did we say we said perfection we said guilt or like or not root, like not being enough of, like yeah is not I'm being not enough. enough there's always Constantly being triggered by things. So, I'm what is that enough. word? That'd be like enoughness. In, like enoughness. I don't <laughs> think that that's the word. Can I think it's like feeling incompetent, like incompetence, no. or uh, there's a better word. I know there is. Whatever. We'll go with that. My Mine's word. A phrase. My I don't word need is just a word. Shame. Shame. My word is shame, and I What's... never would have described it as shame, ever. And he had to like, he was trying to get me to like step in. He's like, well, what is this when you feel this way? And I just, I, I couldn't, I couldn't land on shame. So why, why is that? So I'm going to read. A post. Yeah. Okay. I'm just curious what you have. So he then had me like talk through like this shame thing. And he was like, how do you feel? Like, how do you feel when you feel shame? And the thing that I told them that normally plays out is I shut down. I get a bear like, and by shutting down, I mean, I don't talk. I zone out. I like get this glazed over look in my face. I know I do. Like I try not to think about anything. Um, The real feeling is, is I feel numb. I feel like a numbness that takes over my whole body starting like in the center and it, it just spreads out. Mm-hmm. Um, but that numbness is like what shame feels like to me. And it's like, it's this voice in my head. That's like, it's your fault. It's your fault, blah, blah, blah. And so that's crazy. Cause I feel like with shame, there's like, for me, when I've experienced shame, it was more like a level of like embarrassment or something Yeah, like that. I don't know. So there, it's still, tied pretty closely yeah i don't like that definition of shame and everyone's like well that's just the definition oh okay that's okay shame is a painful feeling that is a mix of regret self-hate and dishonor A, a good person would feel shame if they cheated on a test or did something mean to a friend feeling shame or being ashamed is one of the most miserable feelings of all times okay this place has got it going on with it. 
when you feel shame, oh, okay, this is it. This is it. When you feel shame, you feel like a bad person and regret what you did. So do you, so is there levels of regret that? Yeah. I mean, so how many times do I like every time I, you know, in the past, especially when I was going through like working through all my anger stuff, like a year and a half ago in therapy, it was, I regret my outburst. I regret my tone. I am embarrassed by my outburst. I'm embarrassed by my tone. I don't want to do this. And I did it. Like, these are the things that I don't want to do. And with feeling like like it's my fault, I'm believing that what they're saying is true. And I'm ashamed that that's how they perceive me. Which kind of reinforces that blame. The whole blame narrative. Exactly. Exactly. He asked me, he said, how do you treat yourself? Like he, 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 he ended up saying, how do you think you treat yourself when you are like full of shame? And then he, uh, I couldn't guess it. So then he had to like, give me the answer. He said, number one, you rob yourself of feeling. So like when I go numb, I, that's like a coping mechanism. Mm -hmm. Like I feeling shame feels bad. I don't want to feel bad. So instead of feeling bad, I'm just going to feel nothing. And I literally force myself to feel nothing. And, and what he said is that you rob yourself, um, of feeling what better indication, what better indication of being alive than to feel. And so he's like, you almost kind of go into this like death. You kind of, you know, hypothetically or, or, uh, hypothetically like kill yourself, like in this analogy, like in an analogy, you kill yourself. You don't allow yourself to feel. And then he says, the second that you allow yourself to feel again, you brutalize yourself. So what that looks like is like once the numbness has passed, I beat myself up. I go, I shouldn't have done that. That was Why did I do that? Or like, this is that. Or what they're saying about me. Maybe that is true. And I think that's why I was taking those comments so hard mm-hmm. in this post. I have this narrative. Like, we talk about it all the time in therapy. Oh, that yeah. I'm like... I'm, I don't want to be a bad person. And I feel like because of some of the things that I've struggled with in my life that you're like, that I'm like, that I could be a bad person. Like, that's my biggest fear is like, I don't want to be a bad person. Like, you know, I don't want to hurt anyone. I don't ever want to hurt anyone with my words, with my tone. And then to know that, damn, I said that thing to Sterling, it further reinforces that I am a bad person. And there's this narrative that's inside of me, like, am I good or am I bad? And when I was a Christian, I had my faith. Well, I still am a Christian. Mm-hmm. I still am a Christian. But like, when everything was more black and white, I had my faith to decide the answer for me. Mm-hmm. Because of God's grace, I am saved and I'm forgiven no matter what. And that answers whether I'm like, like a good person because in God's eyes, you know, blah, 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 blah. The old is gone. The new is, you know, it's that whole, it's that whole concept. Like, you know, you're forgiven, you're redeemed, you're all of these things, you're good, you know? And now like with just there being a lot more gray in our faith, these topics hit so much harder because I'm wrestling with like, am I good or am I bad? Because sometimes I feel like my actions, if they're on a sliding scale, they move me over to bad. So like, that's the deep rooted issue that I kind of wrestle with. Yeah. And like feeling like it's my fault. Oh no. And then where other people's words come into play is they're it's almost like they're confirming what I hope to not be true. Which is why like those Instagram comments hit so much harder. Because it's all these people saying you're this, you're that. 
And it's like, dude, you don't know me, but maybe they do. Yeah. Maybe these things are true. That was a lot. It is. I mean. I'm also not. I think it's just a part of the journey. Like, because you're in a place of like awareness, right? Of like, you can look back and you've, I think. Feeling shame is kind of a part of healing. I think. That's really ironic you said that because what he said is like shame. How do you it might it? be like a precursor. He said like what? he said that uh shame derives its power from not being spoken about. So like in order to like heal you you kind of have to acknowledge shame yeah. and you have to talk about it and you have to name it and you have to give it a name. That's why I felt like I would have never used this to describe what I was feeling. But because it's all linked together, it's linked together with what others have said about me, what I hope to not be true about myself, because I know my intentions, even though my actions sometimes don't line up with the person that I want to be. Yeah. And so that's why all of this is so hard and why. Do you feel like you know how to become the person that you want to be? I think I'm on the right track. You know, I think. I think the only way that you can really like work through something is to go through it. And let me define that a little bit better. Like the only way to become more patient is to be put in situations where you have to be patient. Right. And you You have to practice it. You practice it. You strengthen it like a muscle. And so the only way that I think I can begin to overcome shame is to like, Here's the other thing too. Probably is, even identify the situations that leave you feeling the most shameful. Like is yeah. it a situation where you lose your cool with the kids and you were angry? So do you know why I shut down when we had our conversation at Delano that you don't remember? Like yeah, Delano I literally Diner. do not it's, remember. It's because I was like, oh, yep, Laris confirming. Like I'm a bad person. Like I thought I did good in this situation. Like, and like, nope, I'm bad. And so that... All of that happened, and then my mind started to go that direction, and then I started to feel like just not great about it. Um, man, I lost my thought. Oh, I don't even so, remember going to Delano Diner. Like, I literally don't even remember the, the like. The you're kidding. I'm not kidding. You this. had a quesadilla breakfast, a breakfast quesadilla. Okay. And I, I had a. That. I had. I do uh, remember this. And, and it was so cold. It was in there. so cold in the restaurant. Okay. Thank God you remember, okay. dude. I was I kind of worried about you. I was like, Larry, was that like, was only that I was, was like, only two, three this. weeks ago. Uh, yeah, that's crazy. I wish I would have remembered it so I could know what I was trying to say. So <laughs> man, I lost my thought. I'm sorry. Gosh, dog it. No, I'm it's sorry. okay. I was already kind of losing it. But Caleb basically asked me, like, why does Larry's opinion matter to you so much? He's like, so what if she believed it was your <laughs> fault? Like, is it right to let what other people think about us shape who we believe that we are? And I was like, no, right. Like, yeah, I shouldn't let what I believe Lara is saying, or even if she is saying like, yeah, you're a bad person. Like, I don't believe you handled that situation the right way. Like, why were you so quick to change your mind about because you thought you handled it great. And then Lara said, I don't think we handled it that great. I don't think you handled it that great. Well, and then you were like, you're right. I didn't handle it that great. But you just believed you did. Does that make sense? Yeah, I don't know. You kind of said Okay. If I me. believed, if I'm like, imagine this. I say, 
man, I handled, we handled that situation really great. Like, I'm really proud of how I handled it. And then you say, no, you actually didn't handle that situation great. And then I do this. You're right. No, I didn't handle it great. I think I was probably. No, no, it's not about what you're saying. It's about, it's not making this about you. This is. That's not what I'm saying. No, but I'm, it's not, I know that's not what you're trying to say. What I'm saying is. (laughs) what? What? What are you saying? I'm just trying to show you and explain to you that that like my mind was so easily swayed when I believed when I thought I believed the right thing. All it took was one ounce of doubt for you to completely go from you for me to change my mind about me. And my mind should not change about me if I really believe something. Like if I believe I'm a good person just because one person doesn't like me, that doesn't make me a bad person. Correct. And then I, my opinion should not be so easily swayed about myself because I get some other information about how someone feels about me. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. Oh, no. Did this, did I? What does that mean? It means that we don't have video. Died. Oh, well. We're not going to have any clips. It's fine. We'll just continue the podcast. All of that to like, that's all I was trying to get at. And so here's what he ended up walking me through. He was like, we walked through this exercise and he was like, Chris, I want you to imagine yourself. And so he's like, just imagine yourself, you know, and now imagine that you are curled up in shame. And so then I imagined myself curled up in shame and he's like, just think of some of the things that people have said about you you know, that have hurt your feelings and, or that have made you feel like you're a bad person. So I start thinking about some of those things and then I start crying. I like have tears running down my eyes, like in my face in the therapist's office. And, um, he's like, now I want you to imagine that, um, you come up to yourself. Like you, it's inside of you, obviously, like there's two of you, there's the you Mm -hmm. that's in shame. And then there's the you that's coming up to encourage you. And he was like, I want you to imagine the you that's coming up to encourage the you that's full of shame, reaching down, helping you up, giving you a hug and saying, like encouraging yourself. And so I kind of just had this moment of inner dialogue of like literally me coaching myself and like saying kind things to myself and saying things like, Hey, like they don't know you, like it, you know, what they think about you doesn't matter. It's about what you think about you that matters. And just kind of like, almost like, Hey, how would you give advice to yourself? It is that kind of thing. And it was just a very healing, very light feeling moment that just felt like really great and really good and felt like, man, this is the right thing. Um, this is how it should be. So that's awesome. Yeah. Feel like we've kind of been all over the place on this one. I know. Do you have any final thoughts about your perfectionism or any of the thoughts or guilt or grief? I feel like just another typical filter-free episode. I just shit on myself. There's that narrative. Don't do. That. <laughs> I sound like a psychopath. <laughs> Don't do that. Share some secrets about how you're a bad person. <laughs> Sometimes. Uh, I mean, you don't. Have, I know. That was I'm a like, joke. That's, I, not, that's not. I that is something actually. Though I did talk in therapy, I was like, I do have a problem. Like, you know, because I'm aware 
of believing that you have a narrative of thinking that you're one to blame. And I'm like, I don't want him to think that I believe he's the one to blame. But there are instances that we've had where it's like, it's really hard for me to admit if I'm wrong or there's been two times in our marriage that you've admitted that you're wrong. <laughs> really? I was can't I actually think of them. Really wrong? I, was. I don't know. I think you are wrong quite often. You do? Yeah, I do. See, I do. and I but have you don't, a hard time. You don't acknowledge. You don't. Yeah, you don't believe that. You don't acknowledge that. Yeah, and I feel like that's why. Like, most of my- there's like this big hard part, you know, that I've talked about in therapy too, like with our marriage, that it's like I just feel like I'm the one that's constantly owning my shit, and Lara's just nodding in agreement like yeah you're right like you are fucked up with that like yeah and it's like all i need is for like her oh and then it even got into other things so this is going back do you remember like i told you like in that instance this is at delano diner so try to remember i'm trying go to back remember. where i said lara all i need from you is like the encouragement i was like i feel like all i hear is like the things that i'm doing wrong and all I need is like an attaboy every now and then. Like all I was looking from in that moment was like a mm-hmm. verbal confirmation that was like, yeah, well, like you ended up turning it around. Like you ended up having I can the s- right response. I can see like my own like narrative probably getting in the way of this conversation because I, if you said what I said was like, I don't think we handled the situation well. It probably could have stemmed from like, we could have done this better. Right. Like this was not perfect. Yeah. This was not... Um, it wasn't enough. This wasn't how it should have been handled. So like there was probably this flaw in what I believed would have been handling it good. We both probably, yeah. Yeah. So we both probably probably... had like our, our, we were both operating from like the underlying narratives in our brain. Yeah. Essentially at that point. So it's like. And so that's why like therapy is so important because it, it takes like two healthy people, especially for listeners that we have. I know we have listeners that have been married 15, 20 you know, years, like 30 years, like it, it takes you working through your own shit, you know, to be able to like be the best version of yourself. And so you had asked me earlier, like, do you, do you feel like, you know, what you need to do? And like, I think it's just continuing to have conversations with you, conversations with my therapist. And then for us to find a new therapist, um, I love our marriage. I think our marriage is amazing. I also think that we are two people who are not perfect, who are still working to become our healthiest versions of ourselves, And because of that, we're going to have off days. We're going to have days where you're pissed off at me and you're annoyed to look at my face. And I'm going to have days mm-hmm. where I feel like you said something that wounded me deeply. And I'm going to do something that really pisses you off. And rightfully so, you're angered. Like I will say it's almost harder in a way once you start working on yourself because there's a, a level of awareness that you get. I don't know if we've mentioned this in a previous podcast, but it's like you once you like see the things that you're supposed to work on, it's like, I'm not want to say that we're like triggered all the time necessarily, but it's like, okay, wait, like hold up. Like, whereas in the past you could have been so oblivious to no, that. I mean, that is definitely hyper awareness of, I don't know how. Well, and one of the reasons why we feel like we need to go to therapy is because we actually have really good communication do we have great understanding of one another? Like we both have the willingness to sit and have conversations and listen to one another. But sometimes once we get it all out, we don't know what to do with it and what our next action step is. And so we need like a third party to be able to go, oh, hey, I think you guys should, here's a good next step for you. Mm -hmm. And so that we can actually begin to sort through some of it and like 
I do feel safe bringing things to you and having conversations with you and feeling like, Hey, I want to discuss this. I want to talk about this or, you know, apologizing to you. Like, I feel like no marriage is void of any, you know, fights and arguments and things like that. But my hope would be that as we continue to progress in our marriage, that we would just get better at navigating and walking through them to come to like places of like, okay, we're reconciled. We're good. And also like, we're we're going to be trying to work through moving away from those behaviors or those words or those things that we did to one another to upset the other. Yeah. Things like that. I, I have no clue what to call this episode, but um, hopefully this was a value to some of you guys. Uh, be real interested to hear if like this could be a really good exercise to do with your partner. Yeah. Like if you feel like you have any underlying narratives, like what do you hear in your head? Um when your partner says things. Yeah. Is there a common thing that comes up? Like, and, and, and the chances yeah. are, here's a really good way to know what that is. What are the things that you're fighting the most about? Yeah. Is it money? If it's money, you know, it's like, is it really about money or is it about security? Right? Like yeah. you're like, oh, wow. Like I'm so passionate about this because growing up, like I didn't have much. And so now I feel like and I have, have to like continue. you have a scarcity mindset. You have a scarcity mindset and you feel like there won't ever be enough. And so now you feel like you have to hold on to every dollar. And that's why you get in arguments with your partner because you're worried that like they're going to spend all the money and they're like, yo, chill. Like I just paid bills. We're good. And you're like, no, no, we got to have X amount of money in our savings. And it's just on and on there's and on so and on. There's different. There's things. always layers to everything. And I just feel like we're we're in a season of stripping layers, man. Yeah, like we we're, are. we're ripping those onion layers and we're kind of going deeper and it's, it's not easy and hard. And there are days where we don't want to be around each other. Um, yeah. and then there are days where we, you know, can't take our eyes off one another and have <laughs> goo goo glasses and you're feeling all up on me trying to freaking get some. And I'm like, Larry, get away. I'm not a piece of meat. <laughs> or is that the other way around? A little bit the other way. Oh, okay. I do that to you sometimes. So you've caught me looking at you like a crazy person a few times. I know, and I like it. <laughs> I like when you look at me with those like the sex eyes. <laughs> like, what are you doing? <laughs> it's the best. And I'm like, yep. All right. Let's, anyways, let's <laughs> stop there. Maybe end this podcast. But uh, a shout out to everyone who's given us. Um, messages feel free to continue to chat with us in the dms um leave us a review on apple itunes i cannot tell you how much that means we've had a couple people leave more reviews more reviews we would love it yeah the good ones the good ones yeah if you got a bad one fuck off i don't want to hear it uh but if you got a good one to say yeah drop that drop can't that handle it review. so you got anything else to say um no nope. i'm out later. we're out we're out smell you later nerds <laughs>